It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Zach Blackerby here with you. Michael Pappas of ESPN 106.7 and Painter Sharpless of ESPN 106.7, the everyday host of The Lunch Break. It's been too long since you've been with us, Painter. We missed you so much. Yeah, there was a, there was a long time where uh, we had this thing rolling, but it's been busy with football season back. Some other things going on at ESPN 106.7. Glad to join the team. Y'all ready for football tomorrow? Yes. I can't believe it's tomorrow. I cannot wait. I mean, you know, Michael and I were stuck here at the studio last night. We were watching some games, and it just, the first few games every year just doesn't seem like it's real. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, this is a live game. Okay, this game actually counts. It actually matters. But man, Auburn football plays tomorrow, and it's crazy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting to see. Auburn not only play, but they're playing in a game that most college football fans will also be watching. It's the primetime game. It's on ABC. Game day will be there. And it's really usually on opening weekend. We've got a couple of good ones. There aren't that many great games this week. And so Auburn definitely is, uh, I think, stealing the show a little bit. You think about some of the other teams playing. Clemson already had their game. Duke Mm -hmm. and Alabama will play. That seems more like a jamboree than anything else. (laughs) And on top of it, there's some intriguing storylines. You've got a really experienced Oregon offensive line. You've got a very talented, experienced defensive line for Auburn. Justin Herbert, a guy that will be a first-round draft pick, almost certainly in the true freshman, Bo Nix. We could keep going. How, uh, How many times do you think we've all said all of those statements in the last eight months, right. I've said it at least 100 times. Totally. I mean, in the last two weeks, I feel like I've said it 100 times. <laughs> I mean, it's been crazy. <laughs> but I do think that Auburn is in an interesting place because I think that will be a good opportunity for them to – making a statement, sure, is cliche, but I think there will be a lot of people watching this game because I think it's easily the most entertaining game, mm-hmm. at least on paper, and the time slot is a good one. I mean, you could easily argue that last night's slate of games is better than Saturday's. Between, I mean, UCLA and Cincinnati was, uh, you know, built yeah. as, a, as a big game, and it was a good game. And then the Holy War, Utah was Utah fun to watch. And BYU. Mm-hmm. I mean, Minnesota and San Diego, or not San Diego, San, uh, wow. wow. You'll get there. South Dakota State. Nailed it. Can you just delete me messing up? Yeah, we'll cut it out. Thanks. Yeah. Um, we don't cut <laughs> things out here, Painter. Yeah. I mean, that was even a great game, also. So I just. I, I'm right there with you, Painter. This is it. All eyes are going to be on the Auburn Tigers. All eyes on Dallas. And with recruiting being really at an all-time high for Malzahn's tenure, you've got a primetime game. If they are able to go out and do what they're capable of, I mean, this can be a monumental type game for the Tigers. Just moving forward over the next few years, I mean, it's going to help them kind of solidify their spot into you know where they can be as far as upside going throughout this season. Painter, yesterday, Michael and I went game by game and did a, a season outlook. We both picked Oregon to win tomorrow. Uh, are you I par- accidentally picked Auburn to go undefeated, so that was weird. There was some tension over Frank Caliendo also, which was an interesting part of the podcast. I didn't expect it to pivot there. I do think Auburn wins this one. I think Auburn is the better team, not just on paper, but they've got the experience in a lot of positions. Now, some people will argue, hey, they've got perhaps – the most important experience, and that's on 
uh, at the quarterback spot and at the offensive line where they're going to be protecting Herbert. I'm uh, I'm fascinated to see how it works out, but I like Auburn. I think their defense. They don't keeps have that much experience. The one of their. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and act like they're not going to have a good offensive line. But one of the guys that they're really high on is a so- is a true sophomore who got injured halfway through the season last year. Do you think Auburn's uh, defensive line isn't good either? It should be noted that while you can quarrel about how good Don't their, like their offensive line is, I think that's a fair statement. I think actually Justin has questioned a little bit just because you have experience, for instance, doesn't always equate to being good. But in terms of experience, it is a little foolish to say they don't have it. They, they've... Oregon's offensive line has 21 more starts than the next closest offensive line yes. combined. So, like, I don't, I don't think that's true. But I think it's fair to say, okay, just because they have a lot of experience doesn't necessarily make them hands down the best line in, in all of college well, football. Well, that's been my thing with Auburn's offensive line. Everybody mm-hmm. talking about how much better it's going to be. It's like I do think it will be better. I want to see it. But I, I don't know if it's going to be great. All seniors should be a good thing. It should right. be an advantage. But if they didn't get much better from a year ago, it's not going to matter. The experience only does so much. You have to work as a unit. I mean, talent only takes you so far as an offensive line as well. Just a quick heads up. Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, came on my morning show earlier today, and I will air that to wrap up today's show. So stay tuned for that over the next few minutes. Painter, are you ready for a live read or not? Yeah. Sweet. Let me find it. Here we go. The NFL regular season begins next week, which means Crossover Wednesday will be back for the entire NFL regular season. You will get a special episode every Wednesday as the hosts from opposing sides meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcast, and be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment. That is Crossover Wednesday wherever you get your podcast. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. What is your favorite Locked On podcast for the NFL? It's got to be your Bills, right? Locked on Bills? The Patriots. I love it. I'm just joking. So what, bills so, all the way. Well, since you brought it up, Jarrett Stidham did look incredible last night. Yet again. And uh, I continue to laugh at the Auburn fans who single-handedly placed all of the blame of last season on his shoulders. Yeah, so I, I quote I quote tweet every time I see a tweet where Jarrett Stidham just, just like got an incredible throw. Yeah. Just because I want to see what my Auburn followers say. And... I think I got like six replies from it last night, and I think all but one of them were negative, like towards Gus. And I think that's kind of incredible. I'm not surprised. Uh, I just don't like. (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and act like I wasn't one of the people that thought that, you know, towards the middle, the back half of the middle of the season, it would have been nice to see some some Malik. Sure. But uh, yeah, I. It wasn't Jared Sims' fault. Looking back, that was a little naive of me. Um, the offensive line obviously had major issues. And, and I don't know. Stidham did as well as he could. I, I will like. say the Tennessee game, like, he really had an awful game. That's the one game where, and I know a lot of people will point at Mississippi State, too. Well, the whole team was bad, though. Yeah, and I think that's important to note. But, like, he had two really inexcusable interceptions. You're right. And he, and he fumbled the ball 
pretty deep in Auburn's territory, which resulted in six points. So that, like that was kind that, of his thing, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like I guess. fifteen yard line. All right, let's drop this thing. But I, I mean, I will say, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to turn out to be a a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I don't but know it's either. promising that he's at least whoa that he's at least now the second guy coming off the bench in preseason, and he's made some really good throws. And hey, working for uh, Bill Belichick, hey, the man. worst thing in the world. Tom Brady is on the hot seat. Jared Stidham is coming for that. All butt. right, enough of that. All right, so <laughs> so uh, Malzahn had Tiger Talk last night, and two, uh, I think there were two things that stood out to me. One was the the roof will be closed tomorrow. Malzahn said he would have preferred to have it open. What are your thoughts on that? I don't really understand why that is. Which one? Why it will be closed or why he wishes <laughs> why it Why he would prefer it be open. Like, why does it matter to him? You hate the sun, man? You hit the moon? It, I'm just like, why? I, I don't really understand why Like it matters. That's all. That, that's my question. I don't hate anything. I don't really care whether it's open or not. I don't really get why he does. It's, again, it, I mean. I would rather it be open. Why? I like football outside more. But you're still not outside. You're inside with a sunroof. No, nah, man. If the sunroof makes you outside. Okay. Thoughts, Painter? I don't have a strong opinion on it. I'm sure he has a reason for it. However, I don't think it's one that he cares enough about to really, like, he's not obviously yeah, going to push I'm sure, too hard for I agree. I'm sure there is a reason. I, I think I there's just probably just a preference for him, like, yeah. like it is for you. I, but he's also going to not, it doesn't matter to him that much, I don't think, anyway. Also yeah. worth noting, they're playing on turf. Okay. So they'll probably be faster. Shout out to Sean Shivers and Anthony Schwartz. You know what I'm saying? What did you think about? Uh, well, maybe we'll get into this later, but the pecking order thing, dude. That was my second point. Okay, cool. Let's jump into that, baby. Cool. I've missed you. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. He. He. Oh, if you hadn't read or seen anything, he mentioned. You know, he was ta- talking about the the pecking order instead of Auburn starting six running backs. He said it was the pecking order, like Painter said, which is listed Jatarvius Whitlow, then Cam Martin, then Malik Miller, then Sean Shivers, then DJ Williams, and Harold Joyner. And that's crazy to me because Malik Miller is ahead of Sean Shivers. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I think Malik Miller, I think that's a nod to the seniority. I don't think you're going to see Malik Miller have the ball in his hands a lot. That happened a few times, especially actually through the air, but it was very limited last year. Um, The Iron Bowl probably being sort of the crescendo there where Alabama just forgot he was on the field. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he is probably, I, I don't think it's a probably, I think it's just pretty certain he is the best pass blocker at that position. And uh, I think it, it's, I think you're right, Zach. Like Sean Shiver is going to have a bigger role, especially with the ball in his hands this year. Uh, I don't think their touches will even be comparable. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the pass blocking because I didn't even think about that. You and I were talking about it last night mm-hmm. and um, you, you brought that up. And I, I think that has to be it. I mean, if it's third and 10 and the back is strictly in there for pass protection, I do think I'd rather have Malik Miller in there than than anybody else. Yeah, and I think also you remember that Gus, to some people's annoyance, but Gus tends to, and he's not the only coach that does this. You know, he's not naming Malik Miller the starter, but it's sort of I think a respect thing just to have him up there. Uh, you know, does the seniority thing? Well, that's the same yeah, thing with Cam kinda, Martin, right? I mean, I think you could argue that it's one of Malzahn's greatest flaws. I also would say that I think Sean Shivers, I'll be fascinated to see because a lot of people are, are convinced that Cam Martin's going to revert back to his role as, as carry-ons backup and a guy that really puts his foot in the ground. And while he may only have four or 500 yards, it'll be a really efficient and effective. Just a one-cut kind of yeah, guy? Yeah, and he'll yeah. just pick up four six yards of carry, and that'll be an, you know enough for Auburn in the way that they want to use him. 
Mm-hmm. And and if that's the case, that's excellent. But I have to think Sean Shivers, at least maybe it's it's my own, you know, perception, but because we we think of him as a fan favorite. But I think he'll have a bigger role in this offense. I think that this is another sign that kind of the traditional depth chart that we're used to it has kind of come and gone. Um, that's deep. With so many guys who play different positions and wide receivers who don't just play X or Y or Z or or slot. I mean, I I was pretty surprised that he didn't just list all the wide receivers, just be like starting wide receivers, these eight guys. Um, And for the running backs, they have a pecking order and maybe that could be touches or whatnot. But in my mind, it just means that they've got a package or a formation or something where they like any of those guys. And so they can be like, oh, yeah, you're a starter. Here are these packages we have for you. And as far as Malik Miller goes, I hope they have packages for him inside the five-yard line. Third and two, third and one, fourth and one. I mean, those are where you want to see put Joey Gatewood and Malik Miller on the field. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, one, one of these two guys. Yeah. yeah, like the 18-wheeler package that Texas used to run. When they had the quarterback who was six foot can six, can we put Derek Brown in the backfield too? Absolutely. Sweet. Who else can we put back there, Painter? I mean, Nick I'm Coe excited to see JJ Wilson. Position. I know we're throwing out like funny Ooh. names, no JJ Wilson, but like yeah, I think absolutely. I'm legitimately excited to see what he adds because there was conversation about him being a little bit more of a threat through the passing game. Mm-hmm. It, it is fun when you see was it Deron Payne for Alabama that we yeah. get in there some. So like that is fun when you got a literal 300 pound mammoth of a human leading mm-hmm. the way. But J.J. Wilson may be able to do that How about a nice full house backfield with Gatewood, Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, and Malik Miller? And they form a wall, and then Sean Shivers runs behind them, and the defense (laughs) can't see him. I do think Michael's making a good point. Like It's my opinion Sean Shivers will have a slightly bigger role in the offense than Cam Martin, but it also may not matter. It may be such a small difference. And remember, in 2013 and 2014, but especially I think in 13. There were three backs that had a pretty significant role in the offense. Now, Trey Mason was far and away used more heavily than the other two backs. Which is but, what Gus, it sounded like, kind of said about Booby Whitlow. Right. Like, I think you can expect that he'll have a bulk of the carries. And like Corey Grant and Cameron Artis Payne, those guys will get plenty of touches, too. Uh, but I think Michael makes a good point about sort of it almost not mattering because I think Shivers and Martin will get used in a different way, but with a similar volume. Yeah. After the 2013 season, would either of you have bet money that in five years, Cameron Artis Payne and Corey Grant would both still be in the NFL and Trey Mason would not? The, the Corey Grant thing did, would not surprise me simply because of how fast and athletic he is. And, and I thought Cameron Artis Payne, I, was, I remember being really excited for his last year in 2014 when Trey Mason was moving on. But no, I didn't expect him to last quite this long in the NFL. It's been impressive. I'm not trying to nitpick, but is Corey Grant on a team now? I think he's a free agent. I think he got picked up and then released again. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. But I mean, he's still relevant, though. I, yeah. He's still in Madden. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But That's I think why right. I assumed I think, he was on a team. <laughs> sure. He was with the Jags. He went somewhere briefly, and I can't remember where. I'll look it up in a moment. Uh, I think it was they, the Packers most recently. Yes, and I think that they cut him not yeah. long after. Yeah. But good for him at least getting that uh, that money. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, I, he played for like a week. I think he got like a $50,000 signing bonus. Good gig if you can get it, bro. <laughs> What's better, doing that or being a backup QB? I know it's being a backup QB. Oh, for sure. Unless you're Jacoby Brissett. No longer a backup. Now has lots of pressure. Yeah. Dan Orlovsky was on ESPN who said that, like, this is every backup quarterback's dream, what Jacoby Brissett is like. Not because of injury, not with anyone really breathing down your neck, but, like, the starter is kind of out of the way, and, like, this is – and I was like – 
I was like, Orlovsky, you cannot tell me that you didn't just love being a backup quarterback for 15 years, just collecting your game checks, no pressure. No, like, <laughs> And your mentality has to change like going into the seasons. Oh, absolutely. Like, you got to take things more seriously now, right? If you're Jacoby, it's like, oh, gosh, I wish I'd I been mean, paying more attention in like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. you, know? you were right, by the way. It was indeed the Packers. Shout out to your boy. Yeah, you uh, you follow that well, nicely. All right, so both of you guys will have coverage immediately following the Auburn game tomorrow. Where can people find that and hear that? Painter Sharpless. ESPN 106.7. Yes. Michael is doing us a great service for after the game. He will be in Dallas covering it. He will have audio from Gus Malzon, Dan Peck, and I will be live from Sky Bar Cafe. Come join us, swing by, or, of course, feel free to call in that that should start right around 10 i expect the auburn oregon broadcast to last about three and a half hours cool and of course you can follow uh, painter at paint sharpless follow michael on twitter at couch Tato, and you can follow me on twitter at z blackerby as well as the show at locked on auburn and uh real quick you mentioned you mentioned the the twitter beef that michael and i had with frank caliendo following me <laughs> who do you think's a bigger deal to have follow this is a question for both of you i'm good Frank Caliendo following me or the gloat, Colonel Steve? The gloat. For sure. Loyal. Oh, 100% Colonel Steve. When Colonel Steve followed me, I mean, you that's cried, when I didn't knew. You? That's when I knew I made it. He know? also provides us uh, great talking points, and that we appreciate. The gloat is incredible. And Shout that, out to Colonel Steve. We hope other people will continue to do that. We've had some great uh, questions and comments from a number of y'all. If you're listening right now, I challenge you to be Colonel Steve. That's all I'm saying. Do it. That's all I'm saying. Conversation with Andy Bertram coming up. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back into Auburn Opelika this morning. Zach Blackerby here with you, and I am now pleased to be joined by the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham. How you doing, bud? It's odd to be on this side of the microphone. I was about to ask Just that. Just a yeah. little, little, uh, little freaky to be over here. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute since you've been on the show. So uh, it was back when it was your show. But man, uh, congratulations! Uh, I know it's uh, it's been a crazy uh, few months for you, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you're excited for uh, for tomorrow. I am. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready for the for tomorrow to be here. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, it's been a little over or a little under three weeks since the announcement was made, and um, it's been a, a it's been a whirlwind since that Monday. Yeah, and not a lot of time to to really get ready for what tomorrow evening is going to be. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at Auburn's game against Oregon is the I mean, it's the premier matchup sure in, is. in college football tomorrow uh, opening week. And so, uh, w- w- how do you think this thing's going to shape out? I think it all comes down, and I know. You've said this on on your podcast, and 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 others say this, but I think it bears out the the line of scrimmage is the key. Mm-hmm. And you look at especially at that Oregon offensive line, and as experienced as that group is, the most experienced offensive line in the country, right? Against a defensive line that that have been picked by many as the best in the country, and then Oregon has an outstanding quarterback and Justin Herbert, 
Great story there. Local kid from Eugene. Could have been the number one quarterback taken in the draft this past spring. Yeah, decided, chose, chose to go back. Yeah, decided to come back to Oregon. And they're picked by many to win the Pac-12 this year. So that, that, that line of scrimmage, especially with Oregon on offense and, and Auburn on defense, to me it's, it's, it's the key. It's what we'll be watching on the, on the, the broadcast. And then, uh, then what does Bo Nix do in his first true freshman start at Auburn? Auburn's first true freshman quarterback to start a season opener since Travis Tidwell in 1946. Mm. I wasn't around for that one. Well, you know, that's before the time that, you know, for a while, for a long time, freshmen weren't even eligible to play. Well, this is before that time. Right. <laughs> so it's been such a long time. It's been a minute for sure. Yeah, And, and he is, I mean, and, and Travis Tidwell was a great player. Mm-hmm. at Auburn it's not just because he was a freshman starting quarterback on opening day he was a really good player yeah but uh Bo Nix has a little bit of pressure on him but you know what he's uh he's been groomed for this yeah but I mean when you look at the makeup of this this football team I mean the roster from top to bottom I mean Bo Nix just needs to do his job and and I'm sure the coaching staff and his teammates and the leaders throughout the the locker room have told him that it's like hey man just just do what you've been practicing and everything's going to be okay. I know I know the storyline's going to be all about quarterback play, but I mean, uh, odds are it's going to it's going to be something else. You know, I, mean, I think it's going to be how the offense comes together as a unit, not necessarily the quarterback. Agree. And uh, it's a good offensive line for Auburn and it's an experienced offensive line for right. Auburn. Everybody's back from a year ago. Now, did they struggle a bit last year? Sure, they took their lumps. Right. But they played better down the stretch last season and they need to continue to do that. And Auburn's best teams, 2004, 2010, 2013, all had veteran offensive lines. Sure. And this is a veteran offensive line that has to play like that. I think it helps that you have a healthy Caleb Kim at center. Yes. Auburn wasn't healthy at center all year last year, whether it was Caleb Kim or Nick Brom playing. Yeah. They weren't healthy all year long. I think it helps to have somebody at center that's, that's healthy again. Um, and then Jack Driscoll has a year under his belt at Auburn after transferring from UMass. Sure. Prince Tega could have gone to the NFL draft last year. I don't know how high he would have gone, but probably would have been drafted on potential. Absolutely. More than anything else. You just then, look at the guy. Then you got Harrell and, and Horton at the guards. That's a good, experienced offensive line, and they have to play like that, especially with a true freshman starting at the quarterback spot. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the unit. You know, you're absolutely right. And, you know, at times, pass blocking was fine. I mean, I think the key is going to be yeah. run blocking this year. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the the running back by committee. You know, how is Malzahn going to manage these running backs? But there's talent on the team. Booby Whitlow, Sean Shivers, Cam Martin's kind of the veteran of the group. Right. How do you think that's going to shake up? Booby Whitlow runs for over 1,000 yards if he's healthy last year. Sure. Uh, Auburn continues that streak of 1,000-yard rushers. But, you know... From about two thirds of the way through the season, he wasn't a healthy back, and it and it it played effect for Auburn. Um, I, I'll be very interesting to see how Auburn runs at at tailback tomorrow night, mm-hmm. because Auburn has depth there, more depth than it's had. Um, I I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. I, it's interesting the way that they they laid out the the, the depth chart on Tuesday. Six starters. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then and then look at Nick Coe. Nick Coe yeah. is is the starter at outside linebacker, and he's listed at three other spots on the defensive line. Right. So, I think we're going to see Nick playing multitude 
of, of spots tomorrow night against Oregon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned the defensive line going up against Oregon's offensive line because that will be the battle that decides the game, I, I'm willing to bet. But, I mean, just the, the depth that Rodney Garner has to play with up front. Right. I mean, it's I, I can't it's, think it, of a better defensive line in Auburn's history. It's, it's a key for him because he, he does rotate them in quite a bit. And they have to stay healthy. But Nick Coe and Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson and Big Cat Bryant and, you know, those guys have to stay healthy. And they had the potential to be as good a defensive line as Auburn's had in a long, long time. Yeah. But let me also say, I love Auburn's secondary, too. Oh, yeah. You talk about depth and you talk about experience back there. And they're going to get tested Mm -hmm. in week one against Oregon and Justin Herbert because he will put the pressure on that on that secondary, mm-hmm. to be sure, absolutely, and he won't be the last quarterback this season on Auburn's rough, rugged schedule to try and go at that Auburn secondary as well. Yeah, a guy that I love, Noeg Benogany. Yeah. Uh, I mean, last year was his first year ever playing corner. Yeah, and you saw him get better throughout the year. I mean, I would not be shocked if he becomes one of the best corners in the SEC. I think he's going to be a guy that we're going to see the the likes of Mel Kiper talk about. Yeah, I think you're be- right because of his athletic ability. And um, and and what he can do, and you know, I mean, he is he has a pedigree of being an outstanding athlete. His mom and dad were both they're Olympic, Olympians, yeah, right? both yeah. Olympic athletes. But I also like Daniel Thomas back there, mm-hmm. and uh, Jeremiah Denson, sure, back there, and Javaris, uh, Javaris Davis. Davis, who can fly, yeah, back there. I love I love the secondary. Mm-hmm. I love the secondary, and then you've got a Christian Tut. I mean, there, there's some experience and there's some depth in the secondary. When Auburn wants to go to that nickel set and bring that fifth defensive back in there, they, they've got some depth back there in the defensive Yeah, back guys there. like Peters. I mean, yeah. all those guys can come in and play. There's exactly. no doubt about it. Yeah. What do you think about the linebackers? There's been a lot of talk about losing a lot of leadership at the linebackers. Well, and, and there's no doubt about it. You did. I mean, that was the heart and soul of that defense last year. Sean Davis me. is important. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's still with the Bengals as right. we speak right now. You're right. Um, don't ever count that guy out sure. ever. I think, I think we've learned that. Don't you? Yeah. Um, I, I, they have the right guy coaching those guys because Travis Williams is one of those guys, you know? Yeah. He was, he was a, he was the Deshaun Davis before Deshaun Davis was there because yeah. uh, he can't play linebacker. He's not big enough to play linebacker. Well, yeah. you, you don't see the guy's heart either. Right. And now we see that, that Travis is the guy that's, that's developing that group. They're going to be fine. Uh, and I think by the end of the year, we'll be talking about that linebacking core like we talk right now about that defensive front and the, and the secondary. Yeah, I think you're right. Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, joining us. A uh, pleasure to see you again, man. Thank you for stopping by the studio. Odd to be on this side of the microphone. <laughs> Good to see you, Zach. Thanks, bud. Thank you, bud. That wraps up today's edition of Locked on Auburn. We'll be back on Monday despite it being Labor Day. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy watching some football. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.